1: My name is Andy Tilstra I'm on the from afar podcast crew. We are a group of four guys that started a d and d campaign in order to keep connected over long distances. After college and once we started getting into our careers, we kind of all moved across the country. So we love d and d and we love each other. so we decided to combine those two things into the same thing. And we actually recorded an entire campaign before. The one that we posted to Spotify, and really glad we did that because we were able to get a lot of the kinks out. But yeah, I play Arius Onos, the Hobgoblin Samurai, on From Afar podcast, and he is a funny old guy.
0: Excuse me, sir, but your blade, you wouldn't happen to be part of the Bronze Blade Legion, would you?
1: What? Oh, oh! Does do you know what a bronze blade is? This is incredible.
0: I'm relatively new to the area, but I've heard stories and have oh. keep an i I keep an ear out for things like wow. that. Wow,
1: that's incredible! Yes, this this right here is a bronze blade. I come from far to the to the east, so far east it's back west again, actually, and it's a bronze blade with an etching of a crane. I come from the clans of metal. You seem familiar with that stranger, What? that's incredible. What is, what is your name?
0: My name is Isra.
1: Is, Isra, Isra. I, I'll get it after a while. Well, I am Arius Onos of the Bronze Blade Legion. Pleasure to meet you.
0: Pleasure to meet you as well.
1: Man, I, it's rare that I see someone who knows of my own clan back in, in the far, but this is incredible. Let's sit, let's, let's talk, let's chat about this. What, what are your, how have you gotten so far from, from your home?
0: I travel much. I don't really have a home sm- as much per se. I I live on the road.
1: Oh, that's great, yeah. We've I've been doing a lot of traveling recently as well with the Furious Fathers.
0: You're a part of that group. I've I've heard stories of some of the things that you've done.
1: Oh, you've you've heard of us. Wow, this is <laughs> I'm not used to such reputation preceding me, but you've heard of the Furious Fathers.
0: Yes, I've heard mixed stories, not as many, but...
1: <laughs> yes, well, we don't have the cleanest record, me and Seacard and Kippa, but uh, we <laughs> we try to, you know, do our best and be the best dads around town, but that sounds, oh man, this sounds terrible when I say it out loud this way, but... Uh, yes, we've been traveling with the sea monster for quite a while now and trying to find Atlantis. I don't know if you've heard about that place.
0: Oh, I've—I thought those rumors weren't true that people were looking for that. It's very interesting. What caused you to start looking for Atlantis?
1: Oh, Atlantis. Well, well this might—I might need to start at the beginning for that one. So, I, as you know, am far from my home, the town of Asa. Back so far east, it's back west again. That's what how people describe it to me. And I was a leader of, of a platoon of an army in the bronze blade legion. And I uh, had a son where he was incredible, and amazing, but he was struck down in battle, unfortunately. And I've in a way that any self-respecting hobgoblin would not appreciate and
0: I'm sorry to hear that. It's something no one should ever have to live through.
1: Thank you, thank you. No, it's, it still hurts close to the heart, but the little fact about him, he had a, a blue nose, which in hobgoblin culture is usually a sign of potential, and he he was every bit that potential. And But I had a choice to stay with my clan and help them rebuild after losing their leader, my son, that way, or leaving and venging his death, which, as a father, I struggled with that decision. But I left, and through... M- Pretty sure, just sheer luck, I bounded onto the crew of the sea monster, pirate ship, which with two now close, some of my closest friends, Seagard Nozagar and Kippa Willowind, and we travel to search for Atlantis because I only knew my son died in a mysterious way. I honestly am not quite sure of all the details, but I had a scrap, a piece of leather with a symbol on it that, was found on his chest when we buried him and not i or any of my family members have seen it before so i've been searching the world and i found someone in neverwinter who knew of this symbol his name was icarus and he told me it belonged to this god or devil or n- disgusting entity named neth so uh, the closest lead i have to that is in, towards atlantis or Whatever Atlantis is, I, I... Honestly, these old bones of mine are struggling to even grasp what Atlantis could be. It's a strange, disappearing city or whatnot, but... The the party seems to be okay with that, and Captain Falcon seems to have a heading, but... I really am looking more for Neth, and if Atlantis gets me, then that's, that's where I'll go.
0: Seems straightforward enough to me, though. Curious how you're going to get to an underwater city.
1: Well, I mean... <laughs> You know, you may know more than me about this Atlantis place. I mean, we... So... Oh, man. this so many questions, right? I mean, what do you think Atlantis is? Because you, you said underwater. That's already more than I would have thought.
0: Like I said, they hear a lot of rumors, and most of them involve it being underwater. But then again, you also know how reliable some rumors can be.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know that feeling. Or I know the that truth about rumors. <laughs> it's an ironic sentence, but... Yes, we, we, we found some people, or I should say a girl from Atlantis, and there was a moment, she was inside a crystal. It's, honest, it's really hard to, like, fathom, honestly, but we found a telescope with a crystal, and that's what Captain Falcon wanted. So we brought it back to him, and we removed it from the telescope, and it transported us to this, this place that was rather... Strange, it was just white, but I think it was in the mind of this girl named Prism. And it's so confusing, but I think I saw Atlantis at one point, and it was like everything sort of smashed together. And this whole journey has been so incredibly new to me that I, I this is nowhere near anything like the Clans of Metal or, or Asa, where I come from. So I just honestly just grab on to see Kippa and just try to hold on for the ride. But we've I haven't died yet, so... That's a good thing.
0: <laughs> oh, it's a very good thing. I've heard being resurrected; can be expensive if you can actually find someone to do it.
1: Can some someone can be resurrected?
0: It's not a well-known magic and doesn't always work, and it's really, really hard to find.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Yes, back in the glands of metal, our knowledge of magic is rather straightforward, more aggressive blowing things up and whatnot. Not as refined as I've seen some of this magic in the world out here. And I have never really had much of an inkling of how to do magic back. I've just been more of a blade man, you know, bronze blade and whatnot. But I've had to learn a lot of new things going on this adventure.
0: Life has a funny way of forcing you outside of your comfort zone.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, For sure.
0: So, where is the rest of your group interested in finding Atlantis?
1: Well... From what I understand, Seagard is part of a rather strange... He's an old sailor. He's an old sailor that carries around the anchor that he was marooned with. And he is using that to look for his wife, which went missing after he got involved with some shady people. And I mean shade in quite the literal sense. And Kippa, I mean, I shoot, I think he's he's from I don't even know where. Maybe not even this world. And... He is looking for power, and I don't exactly know why yet. But he seems to be very fixated on that. And me, I'm looking to kill Neth. Hopefully, if he's responsible for my son's death, then I will do anything it takes to bring this mm, Neth to a standstill permanently. But if that involves going to the ends of the earth, going underwater to Atlantis, or following strange grass monsters around, then that's that's what I'll do.
0: Pardon me, following what?
1: Oh, grass monsters a few weeks ago or days. I mean, I lose track of time here. We fought <laughs> not one but two giant massive vines that were in the shapes of bears, and that was that was a wild time. I mean, I almost lost it in that one, and Kippa basically went insane, but we got out. But uh, not all of us, unfortunately. Our, our good friend who we just met that day... Lark, king of Sky Island, met his fate at the, the prickly ends of a vine, and that was that was a sad moment.
0: another anticlimactic way for the king to die. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, that's yeah. He, oh man, that's both funny and irreverent at the same time. I love it. But uh, yeah, he was he was sickly from the vine. There was a corruption in his town, and his. Floating aisles of vegetation. So he was not at his peak performance, and I think the vines took advantage of that. And he gave his life for us to get out. So that's I I thank him for that. But yeah, it was it was rather anticlimactic to being a being a, a king of Sky Island. But his sacrifice made it easy for us to get away. So that's good.
0: Perhaps you can find a way to make sure the sacrifice is not in vain. Get whatever it is you're all looking for, and figure out the mystery of Atlantis.
1: Yes, for sure. We, we are so close. I feel like, and in Sky Island, we actually found this blade. This blade that leads us to seven other monsters. That if we we think if we slay would lead us to the next level of Atlantis, which apparently is hard to find i mean how does someone lose a place i don't know but atlantis maybe one day we'll we'll get there and i think we will honestly but i'm just taking a quick break you know we made a stop on one of these islands which had a tavern luckily i mean to kind of sprouted nowhere to here. i find you rather rather lucky i say you seem to have some familiarity with bronze blade and the clans of metal what exactly do you know i mean i know it's not every day i get to meet someone that i can chat with about my hometown
0: I've just heard stories of warriors, people who value fighting, and somewhat like. It's all a bit unclear what is true and what isn't. It's mostly just people saying conflicting stories isn't, but some of them sounded rather fantastical, even if they're all a bunch of horse poo.
1: Oh, right. Well, I can tell you, some of those might be legends, but some are probably true. The clans of metal where I come from are. <laughs> Excuse me, I <coughs> haven't had a cigarette in a long time, so it's harding it's hurting my throat these days. Yes, but speaking of cigarettes, yeah. I uh, the clans of metal. It's far over to the east, and we do value warring, so you are true there. Uh Ish Isri? Isri sorry, I'm terrible at pronouncing new names, so if I mispronounce your name, that's Is- totally my fault, but
0: Isra. Nice and short.
1: Isra. That's a that's a pretty name. Alright. So <laughs> the clans of metal it's we do view warring and military as the utmost best way to live your life i mean we don't really have much else in that land i mean my parents and parents before them were simple tobacco farmers while we weren't in military raids but when we go to fight i've seen here when people fight it's usually pretty aggressive and more to like seize things from them or to get land or to conquer Well, we were kind of in uh, the best way to describe it. It sounds kind of cliche, but it was like, kind of like a dance. The, the three clans, no no one never really gained full power of everyone else because everyone had kind of a role to play And the battles were more of how to actualize yourself, how to, how to see yourself as you should be. When we weren't fighting or, or battling, we were training or, just passing the time until the next fight. I am an Onos, which, Arius Onos, and the Onos bloodline in the Bronze Blade Legion was not necessarily one of utmost potential, but far back in my lineage, one of my ancestors actually fought the chieftain for the Bronze Blade, the, the, the Crane Blade, which was how we signified leaders. When the leader was the strongest, he'd beat the rest of the or any potential other uh, usurpers or who could had a claim to the chief throne. I guess it would only have a throne, but the chief position. And that was very rare because usually the, the strongest would win and then they would teach their son or daughter or child and then they would become the next best. So it was hard to do that, to dethrone the chief at that time. But far back in my lineage, I had an ancestor, very far back, where we don't actually remember much about him, but... We called him the Oni, the great, great fighter that was able to actually beat one of the original Bronze Crane's descendants. And that has never really happened before. So, the Onos family name is kind of an interesting reputation in the Bronze Blade Legion, and one that I both am blessed and cursed with because everyone, at least where I'm from, when they hear the name Onos, they immediately attach me to that incredible warrior. And I, I am a very doable warrior, but I don't have that hobgoblin ambition. Are you f- have you met many hobgoblins, Isra?
0: Uh, not personally, no.
1: Well, my race is polite, you know, when, when it's straightforward and rather surface level. But every one of us hobgoblins that I'm aware of I have a strong burning ambition to become the best or the the leader or the, the one at the top. And I never really wanted that, which you can imagine in a militaristic meritocracy with the name Onos that everyone seemed to know, there was a lot of pressure put upon me.
0: Rather disadvantageous.
1: Yes, yes, to say the least. And especially when you have a mother that fought tooth and nail to keep the name onos and so i have been st- i never really f- realized at least in my clan the the name of onos and with my own personal desires i I'd-, I'd much rather support or be on the sidelines let the others take the lead and which is great traveling with Seagard and kippa because those guys are chatterboxes but i'm okay not being in the front which I'll be in the front if it's protecting someone, but in a leadership position, I never really felt comfortable doing that. So being in these clans where your deeds defined you, I was seen as somewhat of a mediocre, lower, less than average hobgoblin, which even I, after a while, got a little upset with. And But that's when my son, Electus, when he came into this world, it changed everything because he was... He could do it all. He was the leader, the fighter, the charismatic platoon leader that could just take anyone into battle and come out successful. So that's what, once he was around, it, I felt proud. I felt like I had achieved that ambition that everybody had expected of me. And when that was taken away, then several months ago, that brought me back to that place, that deep, dark place that I thought I'd never be back to. And so.
0: The place where he wondered if you he are disappointing everyone? Yeah. Or do you second-guess yourself because you're not living up to everyone's expectations?
1: Yeah, so here I am, far from home, trying to avenge my son by killing a god. That sounds terrible when I say it out loud like that, but it is interesting. The Onos name, though, just to bring it back to that. my Where I'm from, we don't... I, I see here people get married, and or not everywhere, but some people, they fight each other. and They decide to you know, take the next step. And that could involve combining their last names or taking the males or a few where they take the female. But the clans of metal, you would meet your potential spouse or partner on the battlefield. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be decided as a, as a cultural or, or social thing. It was in the military field of prowess, where if you fought someone and it clicked and we consider that you don't actually know someone until you fight them with a sword or with a shield or glaive.
0: I can understand that. There's a lot you can learn about someone with, by watching them fight or fighting against them.
1: Oh, yeah, I I believe so. It seems Kippa's a bard, and he tells me that when he plays music or creates poetry with, with another, that's seeing someone almost at their primal source. So I resonated with that, and I believe going against someone on the line of death, that's where you really see what they're like. So my mother, she... When she met my father, it was in the field of war, but she won, which is why her last name of Onos was passed on to me and my brother. She fought for her name and she succeeded. So to have a last name where I come from means that your parents, or at least one of them, defeated or beat the other in respect to earn their own last name. So. Last names have a little bit different meaning where I'm from, so that's where it even becomes even more intense and pressure upon me to be an Onos, because my mother, she was, she fought for that name, and I wasn't ambitious enough to become fully realized in that name, and that was kind of her worst nightmare, and that, me and my mother had an interesting relationship where that happened, and that's why when I was talking about when my son was born and all that stuff, it It kind of made it easier for me to hold my head high as an Onos, as a descendant from the Oni, as a hobgoblin. It's interesting coming here and seeing others just combine last names. I'm not against it. It's just, it seems where I'm from, it has a little bit more, but to each their own. And I I understand that what I do is probably strange to others, so.
0: So I'm curious, and the fight where you met his mother, did you win? (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, so when I met Polkra Which is Electus's and Gloria's mother, my two children they, It was exactly like one of those moments where Every maneuver, every strike, every Martial skill was laid on the field And that's why, that's why I say when we fight, we don't necessarily look to conquer Our entire society is built around fighting when we go to fight, it is respective. It is more like several duels on the same field rather than just all-out war. We don't. Our end goal is to have a glorious death, or to give a glorious death to our opponents, which is seen as the highest sign of respect. So when I clashed with Polkra, the Silver Shield, she's from the Silver Shield clan. When I clashed with her, it was primal. There was a connection deep within us. And we fought for many, I mean, it felt like years, but it was probably just minutes or at the most an hour or two. I feel like she maybe gave in to me or allowed me to win because she was fierce and known across the land. And I, to this day, I'm not quite sure why that happened. But ever since then, it's... We've been tighter in a duo that may, not many other hobgoblins even were have seen, and that's something that I am grateful for and am grateful for every day. And our two children and Electus, but well, that's all in the past now. But yes, you're right. I met Pokra when I was fighting her with the intent to kill her. <laughs> it's kind of funny when, when you think it that way.
0: And how did she react to what happened to your son? If you don't mind me asking.
1: No, 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 it's, it's fine. It it becomes a little easier every day when I talk about it. She was distraught, I could tell, but she is stoic and strong, and she did not allow it to break her, and she was my... When my son died, he was the mithril dragon. He was the leader of all the clans of metal. He was the only hobgoblin tree to have united them. So, when he died, everything kind of started to fall apart. And the only other person that the clans looked to to take his place was me. But I... I don't think... I don't... I don't know. I... I've never been in a position...
0: It's not something that you want to be.
1: Yeah, so it put me in a position where I was very... distraught. I... With Electus around, I could lead anything under him. I was his second. It made sense. Even if he was my son and I raised him, It, he had it. He he was chosen by some god out there, something somewhere. He was a, a tempest, a force, a storm. He was the epitome of being a hobgoblin in the clans of metal. And that made me so happy. That made me so proud to see that my son had arisen. The, the title of Mithril Dragon was created for him specifically there's never been another one and if you see my I actually have two swords on my hips one is my crane blade the bronze blade of with the crane on it and the other one is the mithril blade with a dragon that was his, we created it forged from the strongest metal we could find and to create a, a sword befit for him
0: it's remarkably well crafted
1: yeah we've, we've made a lot of blades lots and lots of blades, but when he died, everyone looked to me to take his place, and the only one, well, I should say the only two, because it was Glo- it was Polkra, my wife, and Gloria who knew what had to be done. They knew that I could not do this without burying this hatchet or without putting this disgusting culprit to, to rest forcibly. And when the Triumphant of Steel asked me to step up as the next Mithril Dragon or face full-on civil war, I... I said no, and that's- that's chased me ever since then, and I know if I turn around from this quest now, it- it would be worse than- than failing, because I would never have even tried or given the respect to my son and family that they deserve. That's why I keep chasing, that's why I'm looking for Atlantis, and I'm still learning every day as I go.
0: Is there a civil war going on there now?
1: You know, that's a good question. I haven't really actually seen anyone since I've left, and I'm kind of worried of running into one or seeing someone as they come up. I, they they might have worked it out. It, it was very tense when I left, and leaving probably didn't make it better for them. But I, I couldn't have done it with a clear conscience, and that would have been a, worse than leading as unskilled as I am, but... Leading with that kind of, like, weight on my mind would have only made things worse. And so, here I am.
0: Hopefully all is well.
1: Yeah, I think, I hope so too. And the clans have a way of, of surviving. I mean, we've been around for hundreds of years in that area. It's not, it honestly is the best place to live. It's kind of a, it's kind of a wasteland to some degree, but we make it work and it, it works out well for us. We harvest as much as we can and we travel. There is some joy in there. We're not only strictly through military. We have we have our own version of a bard. I, we have our own battle bards, which I think are rather fascinating. My I had a, I had a cousin or a distant cousin as, as one of them. Uh, would you like to hear about them?
0: Yes, I would. They sound rather interesting and also rather terrifying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've oh, seen sure. what normal bards can do whenever they're put in a corner. imagine <laughs> battle bards are significantly more terrifying.
1: so obviously we are glory focused right but how did how to spread that glory without a proper storyteller or or a proper bard as, as i've learned they're called here so our bards don't just reside in a tavern and hear things secondhand they're in the middle of the fray and battles as i've said aren't really more conquest but could be more political they're more for searching for social acceptance or the three clans, the clan of silver, gold, and bronze, they are in a constant war of, of politics and, and the power ebbs and flows, and these are done through these battles and, and through these these glorious deaths of their warriors and, 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 and fighters. So when two or more clans clash, their bards meet in the middle, and these bards are befitted in certain armor that has 12 cylindrical metal bars on their armor and when they fight they fight in such a way that they slam these cylindrical tubes which each are connected to a note on the scale i'm not much of a musician myself i've only seen that happen and when they fight they create a rhythm a beat that creates a music of war and these these bars are so valuable we don't we don't fight them fighters don't fight these Battle Bards. Only Battle Bards fight other Battle Bards because the goal is not to kill them. Because they train their entire life to be not only exceptional warriors, but exceptional musicians as they fight. Because, I mean, I, I've i only picked up a loot once. I think it was a loot, and I it was completely lost. But these Battle Bards are musicians as well as exceptional warriors, and they only fight other Bards. I'm sorry, I'm using the word Bard. They're really called the Shio. Which, in where I'm from, means tides because they decide the tides of battle when bards fight they they give inspiration their their rhythmic blows and 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 melodies can aid their own warriors from their own clan into fighting with more strength and vigor and as they fight other battle bards they can start creating rhythms together even with the enemy and when their melody becomes more powerful and and dominant then their side has much much more advantage in, in the fight and so that's why these, these bards, they, they're in the middle of these battles. So then they can take these stories and then these new songs that they make in the middle of these, these fights, these wars, they take these and they immortalize them through plays and, and these audiences with others that were involved and they recreate it. It's, it's fascinating. I, I it would highly suggest you go and see it if you can, if you're ever in the area of Asa at some point
0: like something I will definitely have to see for myself.
1: It is a little hard to imagine. It's rather strange, but it is in enrapturing. In they wield two clubs as well, so while they're bearing or fighting with their their opposite Shio, they they slam the, the the corresponding note, and there's these groups are usually made up of three or more. I don't I haven't seen one more than six. And there are different octaves. One could be a higher octave than another, and they each Create melodies, and I forgot to mention that in each Shio squad there is an orchestrator. Someone—it is a, a a mastered conductor that uses their spear with specific holes in the blade to actually lead the to lead the the melody with a whistle. While they swing and and parry and fight, their their spear literally creates a sound, a, a melody, a whistle that goes with the music of their own shio and it is enrapturing and there is no greater feeling than fighting with your your Shio giving you that rhythm that battle thrill as you fight and it is it, I can't explain it I've never been good with words and it's amazing
0: your people have truly turned fighting into an art form in more ways than one
1: yeah well wouldn't you when that's all you do you find ways is that even I don't even know if that's a word interestingly that probably isn't I'm not my brother's really the bookworm. I'm more of the the fighter. <coughs> oh God, I haven't had a cigarette in a long time. <laughs>
0: I heard those are rather not good for your health.
1: Oh yeah, I know. I'm. It's yeah. Uh, when you grow up on a tobacco farm, it, it kind of becomes a second habit. And I I haven't died yet, so <laughs> I'll keep doing it. Apparently.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough.
1: Uh, Isra, have you? You seem to be interested. I, I, it's so great finding someone who wants to hear about the Clans of Metal. I I haven't talked to you about the Mini, or have you heard about the Mini yet?
0: I don't believe I have. It doesn't sound familiar.
1: Ah, yes. Wonderful. So, the Mini, like, as in there's many of us, it's uh, M-A-N-Y. It's not like M- I try to differentiate that. But the Mini are, are our folkloric religious system. It's, it's how we honor the dead. I... Uh, understandably when being militaristic and merit- meritocratic where your deeds define your life and make you either moralistic or someone who sh- we should rep- uh, uh, replicate in behavior we we like to immortalize those warriors that fought and became so glorious that we enshrine them in our tombs and each family has their own like tomb underneath their estate where if it becomes possible we create gods out of our out of our warriors when a warrior becomes more renowned and has more fame and and then is punctuated by a glorious death preferably taking down many others they we create bro- shrines relative to the, the metal they came from that bears them witness in the afterlife and the greater the glory the greater the, the renown the the greater the the shrine greater the greater the the religious fervor and we We believe that the more the the Hobgoblins believe in these many, the more power that they have. So for us, as Onoses, the Oni, the the great ancestor that dethroned the chief of the Bronze Blades, he is relatively a demigod in our eyes, and it is incredible and, and powerful, and it's amazing what belief can do, especially for us Hobgoblins. We have several uh, shrines and tombs dedicated to warriors of all kinds and races, and we had to make one for my son as well, and that one was glorious and dazzling and and, uh, powerful as well.
0: You never said what exactly happened to him.
1: Oh, yes. You caught me there, because I try not to recount it as much as possible, but I I see you've you've listened to my story so far, you deserve it. Well, we... We're doing a military raid, a, another clash with with an, another group. They It wasn't one of the big three. It wasn't a silver shield or a golden glaive. It was actually the clan of the Amethyst Axes, which, if you've noticed, isn't a metal, because this was a relatively new clan. They harbored stones more than metal, and this seemed strange to us, and, and they had a strange power that was in resistance to us. We... And when I say us, what I mean is is Electus had united the three clans of metal and was actually turning his his gaze towards the rest of the world. He was he was looking to unite the entire planet, nation, which is a lot bigger than I realized having traveled out here. And the Amethyst Axes were one of the first groups to put up resistance, so we had a took our armies and and went to fight them, and everything was Going well, we were we were winning and the battle was, was raging, our Shio were in full form, and the Amethyst axes were different though. They had strange weapons with a strange design and, and strange it just it wasn't normal. It wasn't it wasn't like before. And so Electus, though he could still cut through swaths of enemies like like butter, which is a, a delicious thing that I have found, and he actually was standing above the leader of the Amethyst axes with with his sword raised, and I the next bit is just is so is ingrained in my memory. There was there was a white flash as this leader held their hand out and it seemed like they had something in it, and then there was this white flash that blinded me and when I opened my eyes there was a dark spectre with a blade or a hand or some f- limb of theirs through the back of my son, and I could see on his face the shock and the, the anger as he died in front of me, and that was... I lost my control. I, I came to as I chased that specter, but they dissipated, and it took several of my, my compatriots and allies to pull me away from the body of my son, and we still won the fight, but it was... I felt... Like everything had been lost from that point on, and that's when that's when the the steel triumphant looked to me for leadership, and I I had to make a choice. So I don't know what happened. I don't know how. I, if you haven't noticed, I have a relatively small scope of the. I don't I don't know much about magic other than fire and explosions. But my son was killed by this spectre from the back, which. Being stabbed in the back from the Clans of Metal is a fate worse than death. And we reserve all forms of punishment that I don't even, I won't go into detail about for those that do stab others in the back, especially a leader. Someone such as Electus to be killed that way, it's it's enraging. I I hate it. I hate thinking about it, and that's...
0: It's a true act of cowardice, also, I...
1: For sure. And especially from something like this dark magic like a specter. I, at, at least come and do it yourself, Neth, or whatever the hell you are. I don't even...
0: Sounds like whoever Ugh. he was targeting summoned a demon or some sort of otherworldly spirit. With, he was holding something in his hand. That's typically how such spells work. Yeah. Guess it was their backup plan. Yeah.
1: Well, it it's... I do appreciate you listening to my stories and hearing me talk about my old, my old hometown. It's nice. I don't, I don't get to do this very often, and it feels good. and brings back old memories of training with Electus into the, into the night or running through the tobacco fields or me and my family just enjoying the summer air with the cicadas. It, it's, it's bringing back memories, and I thank you for that, Isra.
0: I'm glad to have helped, and I wish you luck in the future, I do hope that finding and killing this person will bring you peace, and do you think you will return home to the your people for this?
1: I I think I will. When when this is all said and done, I think I'll have the strength to return to my people with my head held high, knowing that I did what I knew was right. It may not be the cleanest or the, the best way, but I had to do this, and I'm doing it, and I hope I can I hope they understand when I come back.
0: I'm sure they will. Even if they too do not tr- truly know the pain you're going through them, I hope that they will have some sympathy or attempted understanding.
1: Yeah, I think so too.
0: Sometimes we have to do things that people may not always agree with because we know it's something we simply have to do.
1: Yeah, I, that's that's a good way to put it. I, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard. To think about, because it, it, there's no right answer. There's no best way to make everyone happy, and I just knew I couldn't rest. I knew I couldn't wait, or do much else besides this path that I'm on, and it has been one of the best decisions of my life, but I know I'll have to reap the consequences at the end, and I'm <clears throat> willing to do that.
0: Here's how putting that this quest ends up being of more benefit to other people than they realize, because this person does not sound like someone that is going to be very good for your people.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Someone who's more than willing to break your rules and do something rather despicable. Though, not going to lie, there have been times where they've fought a little dirty, but not <laughs> summoning a demon to stab someone in the back.
1: Yeah, that—that that is... I, yes, I agree. It, it's something that is unspeakable where I'm from, and it's something that I would not wish upon anyone else. Even my, even this Neth, when I face him, it will be head on and it will be with blade in hand, and he will see me coming. It will not be through this disgusting, cowardly way that he did it.
0: Uh, just bear in mind, he is not above sneaking around, so keep a weathered eye out.
1: <clears throat> Good advice, Isra. Keep that in mind.
0: He's already proven he's not afraid to fight thirty.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't even know if he was on the same... I... I've never heard of this, Neth. Uh, the first time I did was when we saw the symbol on my son's chest, and then when I heard his name um, said by Icarus in Neverwinter, and I'm still struggling to connect the pieces, but I think there's something there, and that's all I have, and I'll keep, keep going until I finally get it.
0: I wish you luck, perhaps. Would you...? Like another drink, and maybe you could tell me some more about the way your people fight. I'm sure that I could learn something from you
1: yeah yeah that's that sounds like a great idea i We've made some pretty good beer in in Asa, but this beer here is much darker and much stronger, which is uh, is much to my liking.
0: That is true. I mean I've had better, but then again, I've been almost everywhere. Tales of Adventure is directed and produced by me, Brianna Toyber, as part of Pseudonym Social, a creative podcast network. The music is by Patrick Chester of Chester Studios. To see more of his work, visit his website at chesterstudios.net. Find out more about Pseudonym Social by visiting our website at pseudonymsocial.wordpress.com. If you like what I'm doing and would like to support this podcast, please go to patreon.com slash pseudonymsocial and choose one of the tiers connected to Tales of Adventure. You can also leave a review on iTunes to make our show easier to find for those who need it.
1: Welcome, travelers. Seems like you're looking for a story. Well, I got one for you. It involves adventure, friendship, and all hey, sorts hey, uh, of... Earl, why don't you tell them about that time I stole that big-ass melon? Yeah, yeah, I, I was going for more... Or you epic. could tell them about the time I kicked her ass, Earl. I wouldn't ever tell them Do I need to get time. my ref gear on? Okay, everyone, shut up. Now come with me as I tell you a story from afar. Hey, everybody, my name's David. I'm the DM for From Afar Podcast. A from Afar Podcast is all about four friends separated by distance brought together by adventure. Hope you all stop by and give us a listen. Thanks. Thank you.